0: section eleven of curiosities of literature volume one this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. curiosities of literature volume one by isaac disraeli poverty of the learned fortune has rarely condescended to be the companion of genius others find a hundred by-roads to her palace but there is but one open and that a very different one for men of letters were we to erect an asylum for venerable genius as we do for the brave and the helpless part of our citizens it might be inscribed an hospital for incurables when even fame will not protect the man of genius from famine charity ought nor should such an act be considered as a debt incurred by the helpless member but a just tribute we pay in his person to genius itself even in these enlightened times many have lived in obscurity while their reputation was widely spread and have perished in poverty while their works were enriching the booksellers of the heroes of modern literature the accounts are as copious as they are sorrowful zelander sold his notes on dion cassius for a dinner he tells us that at the age of eighteen he studied to acquire glory, but at twenty-five he studied to get bread. Cervantes, the immortal genius of Spain, is supposed to have wanted food. Camoin, the solitary pride of Portugal, deprived of the necessaries of life, perished in an hospital at Lisbon. This fact has been accidentally preserved in an entry in a copy of the first edition of the Lusiad in the possession of Lord Holland it is a note written by a friar who must have been a witness of the dying scene of the poet and probably received the volume which now preserves the sad memorial and which recalled it to his mind from the hands of the unhappy poet what a lamentable thing to see so great a genius so ill rewarded i saw him die in an hospital in lisbon without having a sheet or shroud unasana to cover him after having triumphed in the east indies and sailed for five thousand five hundred leagues what good advice for those who weary themselves night and day and study without profit camoan when some fidalgo complained that he had not performed his promise in writing some verses for him replied when i wrote verses i was young had sufficient food was a lover and beloved by many friends and by the ladies then i felt poetical ardor now i have no spirits no peace of mind see there my javanese who asks me for two pieces to purchase firing and i have them not to give him the portuguese after his death bestowed on the man of genius they had starved the appellation of great Footnote: for some time previous to his death he was in so abject a state of poverty as to be dependent for subsistence upon the exertions of his faithful servant antonio a native of java whom he had brought with him from india and who was accustomed to beg by night for the bread which was to save his unhappy master from perishing by want the next day camoens when death at last put an end to a life which misfortune and neglect had rendered insupportable was denied the solace of having his faithful antonio to close his eyes he was aged only fifty-five when he breathed his last in the hospital this event occurred in fifteen seventy nine but so little regard was paid to the memory of this great man that the day or month on which he expired remains unknown Adamson's Memoirs of Camoens, 1820. End of footnote. Vondel, the Dutch Shakespeare, after composing a number of popular tragedies, lived in great poverty and died at 19 years of age. Then he had his coffin carried by 14 poets, who, without his genius, probably partook of his wretchedness. The great Tasso was reduced to such a dilemma that he was obliged to borrow a crown for a week's subsistence he alludes to his distress when entreating his cat to assist him during the night with the lustre of her eyes non avendo per iscriweri i suoi versi, having no candle to see to write his verses when the liberality of alfonso enabled ariosto to build the small house it seems that it was but ill furnished when told that such a building was not fit for one who had raised so many fine palaces in his writings he answered that the structure of words and that of stones was not the same thing ce pervi la pietra e porvi le parole non El mendesimo at ferrari this house is still shown Parva sed apta he calls it but exalts that it was paid for with his own money this was in a moment of good-humour which he did not always enjoy for in his satires he bitterly complains of the bondage of dependence and poverty little thought the poet that the commune would order this small house to be purchased with their own funds that it might be dedicated to his immortal memory cardinal bentivoglio the ornament of italy and of literature languished in his old age in the most distressful poverty and having sold his palace to satisfy his creditors left nothing behind him but his reputation the learned pomponius litus lived in such a state of poverty that his friend platina who wrote the lives of the popes and also a book of cookery introduces him into the cookery book by a facetious observation that if pomponius litus should be robbed of a couple of eggs he would not have wherewithal to purchase two other eggs the history of aldrovandus is noble and pathetic having expended a large fortune in forming his collections of natural history and employing the first artists in europe he was suffered to die in the hospital of that city to whose fame he had eminently contributed du Rayet, a celebrated french poet was constrained to write with rapidity and to live in the cottage of an obscure village his bookseller bought his heroic verses for one hundred souls the hundred lines and the smaller ones for fifty souls what an interesting picture has a contemporary given of a visit to this poor and ingenious author on a fine summer day we went to him at some distance from town he received us with joy talked to us of his numerous projects and showed us several of his works but what more interested us was that though dreading to expose to us his poverty he contrived to offer some refreshments we seated ourselves under a wide oak the tablecloth was spread on the grass his wife brought us some milk with fresh water and brown bread and he picked a basket of cherries he welcomed us with gaiety but we could not take leave of this amiable man now grown old without tears to see him so ill-treated by fortune and to have nothing left but literary honour Valgelus, the most polished writer of the french language who devoted thirty years to his translation of quintus curtius a circumstance which modern translators can have no conception of died possessed of nothing valuable but his precious manuscripts this ingenious scholar left his corpse to the surgeons for the benefit of his creditors louis the fourteenth honoured racine and boileau with a private monthly audience one day the king asked what there was new in the literary world racine answered that he had seen a melancholy spectacle in the house of corneille whom he found dying deprived even of a little broth the king preserved a profound silence and sent the dying poet a sum of money dryden for less than three hundred pounds sold Tonson ten thousand verses as may be seen by the agreement poor cha who in the reign of our first james had spent his life in compiling his relation of the world when he gave it to the public for the reward of his labours was thrown into prison at the suit of his printer yet this was the book which he informs charles i in his dedication his father read every night with great profit and satisfaction the marquis of worcester in a petition to parliament in the reign of charles the second offered to publish the hundred processes and machines enumerated in his very curious centenary of inventions on condition that money should be granted to extricate him from the difficulties in which he had involved himself by the prosecution of useful discoveries the petition does not appear to have been attended to many of these admirable inventions were lost the steam engine and the telegraph may be traced among them it appears by the harleyan manuscript seven five two four that rushworth the author of the historical collections passed the last years of his life in jail where indeed he died after the restoration when he presented to the king several of the privy council's books which he had preserved from ruin he received for his only reward the thanks of his majesty Rymer, the collector of the Fridera, must have been sadly reduced by the following letter i found addressed by peter Leneve Neroy to the earl of oxford i am desired by mr rymer historiographer to lay before your lordship the circumstances of his affairs he was forced some years back to part with all his choice printed books to subsist himself and now he says he must be forced for subsistence to sell all his manuscript collections to the best bidder without your lordship will be pleased to buy them for the queen's library they are fifty volumes in folio of public affairs which he hath collected but not printed the price he asks is five hundred pounds simon ockley a learned student in oriental literature addresses a letter to the same earl in which he paints his distresses in glowing colours after having devoted his life to asiatic researches then very uncommon he had the mortification of dating his preface to his great work from cambridge castle where he was confined for debt and with an air of triumph feels a martyr's enthusiasm in the cause for which he perishes he published his first volume of the history of the saracens in seventeen o eight and ardently pursuing his oriental studies published his second ten years afterwards without any patronage Alluding to the encouragement necessary to bestow on youth to remove the obstacles to such studies, he observes that young men will hardly come in on the prospect of finding leisure in a prison to transcribe those papers for the press, which they have collected with indefatigable labor, and oftentimes at the expense of their rest and all the other conveniences of life for the service of the public no though i were to assure them for my own experience that i have enjoyed more true liberty more happy leisure more solid repose in six months here than in thrice the same number of years before evil is the condition of that historian who undertakes to write the lives of others before he knows how to live himself not that i speak thus as if i thought i had any just cause to be angry with the world i did always in my judgment give the possession of wisdom the preference to that of riches spencer the child of fancy languished out his life in misery lord burleigh says granger who it is said prevented the queen giving him a hundred pounds seems to have thought the lowest clerk in his office a more deserving person mr malone attempts to show that spencer had a small pension but the poet's querulous verses must not be forgotten full little knowest thou that hast not tried what hell it is ensuing long to buy it to lose good days to waste long nights and as he feelingly exclaims to fawn to crouch to wait to ride to run to speed to give to want to be undone how affecting is the death of Sydenham, who had devoted his life to a laborious version of plato he died in a sponging house and it was his death which appears to have given rise to the literary fund for the relief of distressed authors footnote this melancholy event happened in seventeen eighty eight fifteen years after the original projector of the literary fund mr david williams had endeavored to establish it it appears that mr floyer sydenham was arrested for a small debt he never spoke after being arrested and sunk under the pressure of his calamity this is the published record of the event by the officers of the present fund and these simple words are sufficiently indicative of the harrowing nature of the catastrophe it was strongly felt that mr william's hopeful plan of preventing a second act so fatal should be encouraged a small literary club took the initiative and subscribed a few guineas to pay for such advertisements as were necessary to keep the intended objects of the founder before the public and solicit its aid two years afterwards a committee was formed another two years saw it take position among the established institutions of the country in eighteen eighteen it obtained a royal charter in its career it has relieved upwards of one thousand three hundred applicants and devoted to that purpose forty seven thousand seven hundred twenty five pounds who will pursue important labours when they read these anecdotes dr edmund castell spent a great part of his life in compiling the lexicon heptaglaton on which he bestowed incredible pains and expended on it no less than twelve thousand pounds broke his constitution and exhausted his fortune at length it was printed but the copies remained unsold on his hands he exhibits a curious picture of literary labour in his preface as for myself i have been unceasingly occupied for such a number of years in this mass molendino he calls them that that day seemed as it were a holiday in which i have not laboured so much as sixteen or eighteen hours in these enlarging lexicons and polyglot bibles the resided in a little cottage while he supplied the world with their most agreeable novels and appears to have derived the sources of his existence in his old age from the filial exertions of an excellent son who was an actor of some genius i wish however that every man of letters could apply to himself the epitaph of this delightful writer c'est ce tombeau j'ai le sage abattu par le ciseau de la parc importune s'il ne fut pas ami de la fortune il fut toujours ami de la vertu Many years after this article had been written, I published Calamities of Authors, confining myself to those of our own country. The catalogue is incomplete, but far too numerous. End of section 11.